you enjoy this podcast and want to swear eternal allegiance with your money, please go to patreon.com slash shadow. That is patreon.com slash S-H-A-D-E-A-U-X. Now, please experience the content. This is space. This is the final frontier. These are the cases before the court. Its mission, legislate strange new crimes, seek out new perpetrators and new defendants, to jurisprudently go where no law has gone before. This is The People vs. Star Trek Voyager. The People vs. Star Trek Voyager is recorded in front of no one. For the defense. Commander Matthias Zapp, Spurlock, Starfleet Pro Bono Legal Fund. Prosecution. Ultra Magnus Secretario GT Supersport Deluxe to the Rear Admiral John Q. Continuum Esquire. Judge. The Honorable Midnightian Later. May it please the court. Case on the docket is 214 Alliances. Stardate 49337.4. Original air date 12296. in the court, as is well known to all here. These proceedings are being broadcast to a green Ford Pinto approaching Sedona, Arizona. So I expect a civil tone and a consummate air of professionalism. No rancor, no ribaldry, and not even a sniff of the lemongrass. The question before the court is this. Is Star Trek Voyager a misunderstood gem? Or just plain, tawdry garbage. Now your opening arguments. Keep them brief. Your Honor, I will indeed be brief. I'd like to dedicate this opening argument to crewman Kurt Bandera, who tragically lost his life in this episode. Because even though I don't know who you are or why I should care, they did manage to say your name several times and have a funeral for you. You will be missed. Anyway... The episode is pointless and stupid. There's no reason to think that any Kazon would ever align with Voyager. There's no reason to jump on in with and trust Mabus or the Trabe. We've had these trust lessons in previous episodes, and in true Voyager fashion, they are forgotten. Such is the power of the end-of-episode reset button. And that trend holds true even at the end of this episode, after the blind trust experiment has once again backfired. Voyager is in the exact same position they were at the beginning of the episode. Quo, Your Honor. The status is most definitely quo. Thank you. Commander Spurlock. Your Honor, Alliances brings hard reality to high-minded Starfleet ideals. In the words of Evander Holyfield, it's not so easy to be the smiling face of intergalactic diplomacy when everyone you meet wants to wipe away that smile with a fist. Alliances foreshadows darker days ahead for our intrepid, super-gullible crew and opens the door to a Voyager series that is far more complex and compelling than what we have come to expect. 
Now the evidence will be presented in the format agreed upon by the Fairfax Addendum to the Kittimer Accords. Audio recordings of three white guys interrupting each other. Play the holocron. The episode begins. Alliances. 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 Now, we, we talk a lot about cold opens. Here on mm-hmm. this little this little podcast, this has largely become a podcast about cold opens. We yeah, we get in deep on these cold opens, but this cold open is a hot open. Like I'm like, man, that <laughs> <Yeah>. was good. <laughs> like no, like I have I have some thoughts about some of the rest of the episode, but this cold open is like right, right, consoles right. are exploding. Con- they're under attack. Things are exploding. Crewman Bendera's dead. Probably. Yeah, really dynamic camera work going from place to place and sure. uh, crewman to crewman. Uh, and th- there's some line I forget who it was. Like you know, like we heard them, but not as bad as they heard us. And uh, there's like there's no fatalities. We got lots of casualties. Uh, sick bay is just overwhelmed. Uh, then we get the quick scene with uh, the uh, crewman Bendera. Pour one out. Hmm. Uh, right. He goes to sick bay. The doctor's working on him, and he. I, I like how he's. We haven't seen him in this mode where a crewman is basically dead on the slab. Yeah, and he's like he's probably not gonna, like. And it's cool to see him be so. Maybe cool is the wrong word, but like it's very interesting to see him like be so straightforward about it. Like, I'm sorry, there's nothing we could do. He's dead. You know. Right. Um, so we that, haven't really seen Voyager in a costly battle yet. No. We've seen the ship threatened by like, whoa, it's a big space nebula thing, and if we don't get out of it in time, we'll die for some reason. You yeah. know, it's always some external threat like that. But. And we've seen the ship get banged up, but there's never been like. Loss of life, I guess. Yeah. The, at this, point. this cold open does an excellent job of raising the stakes. Yep. It does. Like making the stakes clear for the rest of the episode. Because it's clear that pretty much everyone on the ship took minor injuries of some sort, even if they just fell and banged their elbow. But many people like like were burned or, or singed or all that kind of stuff. And, and they, then, they can't replace them. You know, yeah. that's the thing. Like, you, they can't just send out for a new crewman Bandera, right? Which is what yeah. you would do if you were still in the Alpha Quadrant. Like, right. oh, that's real sad. Shoot him out the torpedo tube or whatever it is that we do with bodies around here and then radio to Starfleet Academy that we need another new ensign. That's right. exactly what they do with bodies. <laughs> Shoot him out the yeah. tube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I know. That's why I said it. Yeah, and we get the very nice scene. Well, we shoot them to a Genesis planet where they can be reborn. <laughs> What if that's like a whole season of Voyager as Pandera ended up on a Genesis planet and he comes back and we're still like, who the hell is this guy? Who's this man? I'm Kurt Pandera. He's back from the dead and we still don't care. Uh, this cold open uh, terminates in a very nice scene between Janeway and Chakotay where he's basically like, hey. And she's. And it starts out with the context of she's like, <laughs> just, he, want, just want to run something past you. Hey. Well, I, I do think it's good that he's like, Crewman Bandera is dead. I'm reporting to the captain. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I know that he was your friend. Yes. And he's like, look, I think it's time for us to have this conversation. This is clearly a conversation that has been brewing for a while. Yeah. Especially once we learn out very shortly that this is their fourth attack in two weeks of this level. Like where they've been constantly just getting rocked by the Kazon. Sure. Uh, Where he basically sits her down and is like, look, we've been following the Starfleet rules and this is what it's gotten us right. i think maybe we should start treating ourselves more like maquis which of course janeway b- 
bristles. Oh, it's a <laughs> it's a nerve punch. Yeah, she's. Uh. This is interesting if you think back to how quickly Chakotay jumped on board with the whole idea of being Starfleet again way oh. back in the early yeah. season one. We even remarked on that Off at the screen. time and, and, and yeah. sort of, yeah, in the Caretaker episodes, maybe the episode where it's like, wow, he, he came around to the whole Starfleet thing quick really quickly. Flip, quick flip. This conversation made me think of that in terms of what, what his thought process was at the time. He was like, okay, fine. You know what? Starfleet ship. I'll go along with the Starfleet thing, but as soon as the cracks begin to show in that approach, I'll be there to make this more of a Maquis operation. This almost, this could come off that way. It could. Um, I, I think it's more, you know. Not that he's plotting, no, but just like the plotting. reason he accepted the Starfleet yoke so readily is because he knew that wasn't going to work long term out here. Yeah. And eventually they would come back around to the, sort of the Maquis way of thinking just for the sake of surviving. Yeah. Which is interesting if that is kind of what is going on. Yeah. Yeah, and it, he doesn't get into specifics here in the cold open, but even just with those quick lines back and forth, it's a compelling argument. Yeah. It's like we're like following Starfleet protocol, where it's designed to be in Starfleet, where we always have people that can help us, that come to aid us, we can get resupply. Maquis were designed to be, we're alone, we can only trust ourselves. Like It's just a different ethos, a different way of treating all this stuff. Uh, and she, of course, Janeway is like, hell no, right. won't even discuss it. And then he gets a great line that caps off the cold open. Like, I understand, but we, after everything is happening, we can't just keep going on business as usual. And you're like, damn, Chakotay. Yeah. Well, you know, Maki, we're, they're all about surviving <laughs> and, you know, winning where, where they can, I guess. And women with limited resources, yeah. and limited personnel. Yeah. Yeah, and this sets up, like I said, I really like this cold open, and this sets up the core argument of the episode, right? Like, are we going to keep following the Starfleet protocol, or, right. or do we need to compromise it in any way? Do we need to go full Maquis? Like, like it's basically the argument of two philosophies of how we should. Sure. <laughs> you could argue that this cold open establishes the tone, not, not the whole episode, because like you said, there are parts in the episode later that kind of lose focus, but just this cold open establishes a tone for the series mm-hmm. moving forward from here in terms of how the writers decided to frame out the challenges that yeah. they're making this more of a survival story than a uh you know exploration gallivanting yeah. around exploring i mean they still explore things because they're still starfleet but this is a very significant what is it like about a four or five minute cold open yeah. i guess very significant in terms of where the show tonally goes from here moving forward then the rest of the episode happens. Yeah, and then then the rest of the episode happens. Let's get into it. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so after the credits, we go right to the memorial service for Crewman Bandera. Sure. Chakotay uh, tells a cool story uh, about he the the and the, I like a good fight is Crewman Bandera's epitaph basically. Right. Um, and then some rando crewmen go at Janeway at the funeral. Uh, crewman Hogan. Hogan. Yeah. yeah. Hogan and. Yep. Other guy who's never named, uh, or maybe they say they, it. They say it later. Um, I don't remember. And they come at her and basically like, Captain, we have problems. And she's like, Okay, slow your roll, pony. Yeah. <laughs> what are you? Like, I understand speak, you're upset. You're upset. Yeah. Speak freely, but you can feel that asterisk. Right. Speak freely, but you better <laughs> yeah. watch yourself. You better be careful about that free speech. And basically, but. Uh, 
and this is kind of this is to a lesser degree this is a similar problem that we had way back at the end of season one where we kind of have the Maquis straw man where his plan is like just give them whatever they want yeah and I'm like that's obviously a dumb plan yeah like right. like and, and he's not set up too much as like he's no one else agrees with him he's not set up to be reasonable the way that the dude was at the end of uh, season one um, the Maquis way. Um, but, uh, but also <laughs> right. I found it interesting that Janeway right is like, I will destroy the ship before public, like everyone's around. This is not a private <laughs> Just conversation. Just let everyone know. <laughs> well, I feel like there are several, several tiers of uh, you know, methods to disarm this conversation. I th- feel like she skipped all the way to the bottom of the list and been like, I will destroy the ship before I do that. Which I was like, okay, so we're setting up. These two, this binary, right, like, right, and Janeway's not budging. Yeah, she, she's, she's showing them that. I mean, I agree that it feels abrupt, but she is showing them that she is not even going to broker conversation oh, yeah, on yeah. this. Mm-hmm. That I don't think she's wrong. In yeah, being no, abrupt. I don't. I, th- I think she made that. Like, there's a couple of good moments in this episode where she like drops the hammer. Yeah. There's a lot of Captain Janeway. Well, I like, feel, I feel like in that situation, if you give, if you give an inch. Right. You know, that's this that's, is not something mm, where we're all gonna sit around the conference nah. table and hold hands and talk yeah. about Starfleet feelings. This mm-hmm. is something that is a hard no. Never bring it up again. Let's all go about our business. Yeah, yeah. and then she gets a jab in at Chakotay on on the way out. She's like, So that's how the Maki would do it. Yeah. Yep. It's like Phew. damn. So this is what this is a situation where I'm like, okay, this is the core argument of the episode. We've written in the next scene, we've raised the stakes. And I'm like, okay, I'm into this. I'm into this. Uh, then we get the, oh man, the Chakotay um, <laughs> Janeway scene on the turbo lift, right. the whole turbo lift. Where before they even get there, she has the like, this isn't a democracy. Yeah. Like flat out. Like yeah. this is not, I can't rule by consensus. <laughs> uh, and then, but Chakotay has a very good rejoinder. Like, well, like obviously what he wants to do is stupid, but maybe somewhere in between. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a position. Something in the middle. Yeah. There's something in the middle. And um, and then she basically he's basically still basically arguing with her, and she holds turbo lift, always the power move for whoever does that. It's like your mom calling you by your middle name and your first name. Like now, everybody, shut up, put down the Nintendo controller. <laughs> it's time to listen. Uh, and then this is when he proposes the idea of some sort of alliance with the Kazon specifically. Um, and she does not take it well. Nope. Uh, no. And then he says something, but all I wrote was, dang, Chakotay. Do you guys remember what he said? That He said something oh. real cutting. Um, about uh, how she's blinded she's, by Starfleet yeah, protocols. That's she's what it is. blinded by these protocols, but you still have to do what's best for this crew because you're the captain. It's but so, I don't let think me you're, remind you, you're the captain. Yeah. 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 I you should do what's best for this crew, and I think you're not doing that right now. It's like Basically. he walks right up to the line of like she's gonna be like pistols at dawn. Yeah. Son of a it's, bitch. This all this all seems like a speech that he's been rehearsing. <laughs> which is which takes me back to my original thesis that yeah. he yeah. jumped on board with the Starfleet rules so quickly because he knew there was no way it would work long term. Sure. And eventually he'd have this conversation where things go back to more being more of a maquis operation, which he's mm-hmm. apparently still more comfortable with. But I like that. I like that I mean that now we have a battle of wills. No, now, I mean, now, it now feels the, like he knows if he's ever gonna talk about this with Janeway, he's yeah. gotta be like buttoned up, know exactly what he needs to say. Yeah. 
Like, and also he can't pull punches. Yeah, no. Like, she's a heavyweight. Right. You can't. Well, I think this can't is, rabbit can't punch tap with, dance around. Yeah, her. she'll crush this you. Is, yeah, this is the first real moment where I feel like it's appropriate for him to say that. Like. People have died. Yeah. And it finally makes it an interesting relationship yeah. between the two of them. I feel like we've been asked up to this point to just accept that they're really close friends and confidants Mm-mm. without ever earning that. Yeah. You know, and with Tuvok and Janeway, like we, okay, I'll buy that there's a history yeah. between mm-hmm. the two of them because they've been in the academy at the same, or been, a, you know, Starfleet at the same right, time. Right, but right. with Chakotay, like they kind of just met and all of a sudden we went off screen somehow we went to him being a trusted confidant right so this version of their relationship is much more interesting to me yeah, sure. agreed so then we go to a very exciting scene for me of tuvok working on his orchids yeah i knew you were gonna like this i one. was so excited i was like he's working on his orchids um and then just the it's a callback to an earlier episode. yeah it was they established it in tattoo so once again tattoo has is paying it forward we're getting some good stuff Thank out of God Tattoo. Thank God for Tattoo. Thank just God for Tattoo. setting the stage for everything we're learning now. <laughs> um, and just the, the way Tim Russ can very slightly, like, the the very tiny note of, like, delight in his voice when he's like, Captain Janeway is yeah. here, you know, kind of thing. It's very subtle. How unexpected. How unexpected. And then he talks about, she's like, she's like, I've been in your quarters before. And he's like, so rarely I can remember each instance. And I'm like, ugh. It's adorable. <laughs> Love these two. You've been here seven times. Yeah, he probably knows exactly how many times she's been here. For and, he, and he says like minutes and twenty three seconds. Yeah, he, you on only come Thursday. when something's really bothering you. So let's let's get to it. Uh, and she basically has the good point. Like you don't deal with outlaws because they're not good faith bargainers. Like right. they're always going to screw you over. All that kind of stuff. And then Tuvok is like, "What you're saying makes sense." And she's like. But, but. <laughs> I feel uh, the however coming on. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, the, our, he basically kind of goes over a lot of the same ground that Chakotay already has. Like, our situation is different and that we have to deal with the realities that face us. And then he brings up Spock. Name drop. Name drop. Uh, we'll have to see if this keeps happening over the next few episodes. They keep just randomly name dropping yeah. people. But no, I actually really like the detail talking about Spock setting up the Klingon Alliance. Sure. Uh, how the Klingon were essentially the same as the Kazon before that. I think that she says that's a bit of a stretch, and we all know that's a bit of a stretch. Yeah. The, the Kazon have been portrayed as a very loosely con, loosely confederated groups of bandits, essentially, yeah. right? Yes. They're the video game bandits that yeah. just want the gold that's in your purse, and they attack you on sight. Sure. Klingons, even in the original in the original series, were aggressive, but there was always something political. Also, they had a they home planet. They a had home, their own culture. Right, like right. they could so, they could you know build their own ships. There you was know. something unifying them a little more than the Kazon. Yeah, the Kazon are basically like street punks with laser guns. Yeah, there, there was more credible reasons to think that you could eventually make peace with the Klingons sure. than there's any reason to think that you could make peace with the Kazon. Who just are, at the first chance they get are going to double cross you and exactly. steal your stuff. I also love the detail that Tuvok was against the Klingon alliance. Yeah, he was like against he spoke, the Kitim- He spoke out against it. Against the Kittimer Accords. He spoke okay. out against All it. right. Well, we've got that. That's canon now. Yeah. yeah. Tuvok is like, well, we should just shoot them. That yeah. makes way more sense. <laughs> I made it. consistent gu- with I made his a Klingon killing gun. <laughs> so now. Tuvok tells the the orchid story mm-hmm. about how he grafted the Vulcan orchid with an orchid from Earth, mm-hmm. and they thought they were going to die, but then they, they actually became stronger than before, and they're also unique. Sure. This is the only one that exists as far as he knows. 
Uh, and it's cl- it's a clear parallel for the Starfleet of the Maquis. Of it's this episode's Jebelian omelet. Yes, exactly. It's a little muddy because it, it seems like maybe he's comparing an alliance between the them and the Kazon, but it's really but you know no no he's talking about Starfleet and the the Maquis, but. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little muddy. A little bit. Um, and then uh, she's like, says something like, I forget what she says exactly, but it's something like, "I love it when you talk your flowers to me." She's just like, "Oh, Tuvok, <laughs> oh Tuvok, with your flower stories." Um, it's just a cute scene with them. Yeah, no, I like the scene. Then we jump better than the Jabalian omelet scene. Yes. Yes. yes, I thought that was okay too. But again, that one's okay. This but just, this is this, given the people involved. It's so much better. The flower is the nice centerpiece. It's, it's so just, much better. The metaphor works a little better than the omelet. I yeah. think a little, little more fitting to the uh, the dilemma at hand. Then we jump to the staff meeting, where yeah, staff meeting. Janeway is like, meeting. okay, we're going to explore the concept. Staff meeting. Meeting. <laughs> uh, we're going to explore the concept of an alliance with these Kazon, and then Harry Kim well, has hey, the great unfortunate misfortune to sound like that's a bad idea, Captain. <laughs> and she's like, "What?" Well, she's like, "We will can discuss my reasoning at a more appropriate time." Yeah, I was like, "Whoa!" And then he freezes into solid ice, which then cracks and melts into the floor grating. <laughs> uh, but basically, they've decided they basically through the the meeting they decide they're going to reach out to two clans. Basically, uh, Neelix has a contact on a nearby planet for the Pomar. Yeah, Pomar. He's on Pomar. He has He's a contact Pomar. who has the ear of the Moj, the Maj, Maj, the Maj. Who Stop cares? saying Moj. They, who cares? The Mij. It's a dumb word. It's a dumb word. From now on, they're the Mij. No. Mij. That's not an improvement. Mij. If it was Mij, it'd be so much more interesting if yes. every case on was led by a mag- magic user. Some sort of wizard. Yeah. Ooh. Space wizard. I'd watch that show. I'd watch that show. But yeah, but once again, Neelix being <laughs> his, doing the, the purpose of that character where he's yes. the guy, he's the local guy, he has contacts. He's got street smarts. And he also he also has, makes a good point. Like, I'll go, this is total diplomacy, like... I'll go sound it out, see mm-hmm. what's possible, so we're not actually committing ourselves yeah. Yeah. to this. Track two diplomacy. Yeah. That's a thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the other plan is to, like, let's reach out. To s- I think it's Kim is like, well, we should. Kim's, like, joking. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, why don't we call oh, Seska? Great. No, great. Let's so- just call Seska then. He's totally sarcastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah anyway's like, that's a good idea. <laughs> and Kim is like, I'm feel like I'm freaking taking crazy I am pills in the with mirror people. universe. Yeah. What is this? <laughs> and then uh, Chakotay <laughs> voices a, a problem with this for obvious reasons. He so he a, does not talk about the fact she's having a his job. Yeah. Which and, is public knowledge at this point, right? I mean, again, that, that <laughs> yeah, conversation it happened on the bridge. Everyone not knows. in his private space mail. Like nope. it was Everyone everybody knows. knows, and no one mentions. Are you sure? And you're it is not, not mentioned this whole you episode. Sure, you're cool with that, Chakotay. I mean, she's pregnant with your neck baby, and. Uh, no one, yeah, no one brings it up. No one which says I don't, anything. I don't have a defense for that, for that not well, being I, brought up. I just don't so under- closely in the wake of that episode. She's so unnecessary to the plot of this episode. Of this episode, yes. That I think it hurt putting her in the episode hurts it. Like if she's there, wouldn't. Everything Chakotay does at this point be affected be by that. by the fact, yes, and 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 I think that's. Uh, I have to assume that 
I mean, obviously, like she's going to factor into a lot of things moving forward. She's a recurring yeah. antagonist at this point. We get that. But it was just sort of like, if we're dealing with the Kazon, we have to take an opportunity to remind everyone that Seska is still in play, that mm-hmm. she's still a thing that's out there. She is a character on the show. Maybe she's obligated contractually to be in, appear in four episodes this season, and they had to I think do it's, it this I think way. it's more that they, if they're, if they're getting all the Majas together... And her Maj is one of them. Yeah. Then she would obviously be there. But I'm doing your I, I'm now doing your no, job I know, for you I now, know. I guess. But like it's still it would be easy enough to say, Whoa, that's the one Maj we can't call. Exactly. Because we just have this exactly. very because in I mean this is jumping ahead. In the final like council of Mojas, Majas. She's not there. There's there's supposed to be like thirteen clans and there's only like five dudes. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. They only have so many of those headpieces to go around. But we at the end of the scene we do get a great line take time to from make. uh uh, Janeway about like you can't have it both ways, Chakotay. Yeah, we're gonna get in the mud with the Kazon. You got to get your hands dirty too. It's yep. like, oh damn, she is not happy about. It's really this. my favorite thing about this episode are the barbs the two of them swap mm-hmm. throughout. <laughs> well, he does he does relent and like she's like, no, you've you've dealt with her enough. <laughs> uh, we get a quick scene between Seska and the the Maj. Space Seska. Um, and it's it's a it's another scene. It's a, I mean, it's a fine scene. It's just it's a pretty short like him her convincing him to go to this meeting because what. Don't be a moron. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, why wouldn't we at least talk to them? Like, let's find out what they want. Yeah. It also gives us opportunities to have all sorts of all sorts of stuff. Reestablishing he's nothing but a useful idiot to her. Oh, and yeah. They really well. amp up the misogyny of that character mm-hmm. in this episode. Like a woman, bah, Yeah, they bah. turn that shit to eleven. Yeah, <laughs> um, setting him up to die unsympathetically yeah. at some point. Dagger in the back. Yeah, yeah. Um, then we get the cantina scene. With uh, Neelix. So, we were talking about this before we started recording that it's it's jarringly un-Star Trek-like for them to open the scene with a tight shot on a lightly clothed woman's yeah. breast. Uh, and that's something you would see on TV a lot, right? If you're like a CSI show, they always have to go to strip clubs to solve uh-huh. crimes for some reason. But for Star Trek, I thought... <laughs> I was like, what the fuck How they that? Like, it felt really out of place. Like, what yeah, am I for watching? Star Trek. And again, I, I don't I don't mean to come off prudish. It just didn't feel... Star Trek doesn't no. usually resort to... Why is there an exotic dancer at this bar? And they... Yeah, I mean, she's very well made up and looks like it would be a very expensive and elaborate costume yeah. and makeup job. And they yeah. just... Linger on that shot for a minute to. I guess they're trying to show you this is a seedy place, you know. But I guess maybe maybe it's one of those. Well, we, this wouldn't happen in the Alpha Quadrant. Yeah, but it definitely happens out We've here. We moved beyond strippers in the Alpha Quadrant, but this is a backwards and savage. <laughs> it felt like a shot purely for the promo. Yeah, for that week, and it also felt like a shot that made certain writers and directors, all male, very excited. Yeah. In not a good way, and hoping to excite. That's yeah. It, it felt really out of place. Kind of like in the in the promo for the the episode with Joel Gray, where she has the one line where she's pretending momentarily to be yeah, a prostitute. And right. Says, Why don't we go somewhere quiet? And they just lifted that and put it in the promo. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then we get the scene where Neelix comes in and talks to his contact, who's working on. Th- the weirdest puzzle I've ever seen. It's like a tangram sort of. Though I do love the concept of like, yeah, she said she'll go out with me if I could solve this puzzle. I'm yeah. like, what a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think all uh, all women in general, but definitely exotic dancers and seedy clubs should like have a puzzle that yes. you have to solve before you can go you out must, with them. I think that's fantastic. Pass an impossible mental test. Um, and then uh, Neelix is, is basically <laughs> picturing walking into a, 
a strip club and it's just quiet because all the guys are doing puzzles. I gotta solve this puzzle. She'll go home with me. I did like the bit where Neelix, um, basically he says like, hey, well, I've got a contact with this powerful ship Voyager. And he's like, everybody knows that. Yeah. Why do you think we let you in here after last time? <laughs> it's like, well, damn, that was my one card to play. Uh, and then the the other uh, Kazon guards or whoever come and grab him. And yeah. I do like the line of his contact being like, I have no idea who this person is. This is a madman. Just sat down, started <laughs> raving. While well, I'm trying to do my puzzle and get this girl. Come on. Uh, Ethan Phillips does a nice job of playing this scene, I will say, of like walking in with a lot of swagger and confidence. Like, I have these fancy friends now. You know, they, right, right, they right. used to wouldn't serve me in this place, but now that I roll with Voyager and it just yeah. immediately him realizing this is not going to go the way that nope. I planned. Nope. At yeah, all. L- looking back over, the, like I was looking back over the notes for recorded, like I feel like this is the scene where like some of the air started to go out of the episode. Like it was really tight and really taut, like because it's all this like serious stuff, and then it's I don't know, it started to lose a little of little of the intensity. Uh, okay, so now we jump to the first meeting between Seska and Hermage and Janeway. Um, basically, they basically said okay. We, we're, here's the concept of the Alliance. We won't give you technology ever. We'll give you food and medical supplies. Any place that we're near that's yours, we will support. Like, I love that. Like, you can't call us. We're not going to come running. But if we're near, well, we will be an ally to them. <laughs> You're within shouting distance. Sure. Might, yeah. Might turn around. Um, and then, of course, the, the Maj has the, like, well, we need to exchange crew members. Basically, he wants hostages. Like, Well, I mean, that's probably pretty... St- a pretty standard way to keep actual pieces in, in Game of Thrones, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, and we will definitely. raise them in our ways and then send them, educate them here on the ship and send them back. Well, it's funny, it's interesting because if, if I was Janeway or Chakotay, I would know that like whoever they send me, they don't really care about, sure. So that's yeah. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Um, and I thought it was interesting how Seska was like, what are you doing? This is stupid. <laughs> because, of course, her plan would be like, let's make an alliance. Of course. Mm-hmm. That gives us access. That gives us time. That allows yeah. us just all it takes is time and we can have everything we want. Basically, don't be a moron. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is when we get the first big, like, misogyny. Yeah. No, he's like, I can't deal with a woman. And then he looks at Tuvok and is like, tell her to, like, Slow her roll or whatever. Tuvok's like, oh, Tuvok's like, oh no. I am not a part of this. I will not tell her that. Thank you. <laughs> and then Janeway has like, this meeting is over. This was a mistake. This meeting is over. Um, and I'm glad. And it was very clear. She was like, I could just shoot him. I could just shoot him right now. Um, okay. So then we get the the short scene of Neelix blathering while he's escorted by the guards of like, I have powers and legal counsel and I, what's your mom's name? Like, yeah, just like, those, you know. Those jokes are kind of dumb. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's not really what he would do. He's not stupid enough to think that he's going to get Miranda uh, from, <laughs> from these caves on and taking him into a cave. Right. It's going to be fine. Uh, but then he, he gets dumped into a room with a bunch of other prisoners, which – they go, they take the commercial break there, but I was immediately like, whoa, whoa. I was like, I was like, first they showed, it seemed like lots of women. I was like, oh my God, are these the, the Kazon women? We're finally seeing them. There's some for kids some, in there too. They just keep them in breeding caves. Yeah, for I guess. some yeah. reason, this is where they've put them. And so honestly, when they come right back, I was, it took me a minute to be like, oh, this is a different race. So 
okay. Like they kind of ran across the top of that really fast. They like, did. Hey, we're another race. And I feel like it was even the next scene before we find out that they are the race that enslaved the Kazon. Yeah, right now. The Trabe. Yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah. oh, yeah, we're just a Trabe. I don't know why the Kazon keep messing with us. They're just mean, I suppose. Uh, yeah. Nothing more to it than nothing that. And definitely no need to inquire any further. Don't shoot these ships. These are our ships. You see all those yeah. ships they have. They stole them from us. Yeah, no, nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Um, and uh, But then basically he, he t- they say, hey, how many guards were there? He's like, it's only two. And they're like, okay, let's do a prison break. <laughs> Um, meanwhile, Voyager, Voyager is like come in to pick up Neelix and, and Janeway is clearly like done with this whole thing. She's like, this was a bad idea. Yeah. Should have gone with my gut. Then they go to where they're supposed to meet with Neelix. He's not there. She's like, okay, we'll wait two hours. Then we'll go get him. Um, so then we get a, an interesting scene mm-hmm. down in engineering. Right. Uh, Torres is working on something and, uh, Hulkin. Hogan. Hogan. Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> Hulkin. <laughs> They said his name like twice. Falcor. <laughs> generic, generic white dude in a yellow. Atreyu. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, he basically says, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, Torres. How many times did he say hey? Hey, hey, hey. Hey, Torres. It'd be way more interesting if that's how I actually talked. I might have liked this episode more. Lieutenant, I got something to tell you. I got something to Yeah, he's very much like, hey, can you tell me what's going on? We should we should contact Seska. That's what we should do. Uh, and basically, she lets him have it. She's yeah. like, "No, we're not doing any of that." And how dare you question the captain? Basically, like she has to deal with all this stuff, make all the decisions, and you're down here ready to like do anything it takes just to save your life. So shut up and get out of my face. Right. Uh, then we get the slow pan, slow zoom on the face of the other guy. Smear germ 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 more obviously evil than the so here, Johnson. Here's cousin. my problem. Smear Jansen. Smear. Uh, so this guy is the one that ultimately calls Seska. Yes. To offer stuff, be it to be a mole, basically. Mm. Yes. But that has nothing to do with the rest of the episode, like that. No, it like doesn't. maybe it comes back up. Like he becomes her inside man, perhaps. But the problem is, like the guy is so generic looking. Like I'm not going <laughs> to remember. Not him. You're going to remember. I'm him not going to remember him, him when he comes back. Like if she's like that guy. No man, it's Smarm Jansen. Smarm Jim. He's, he's so like default '80s evil white guy. Yeah. Uh, like, but not not the one. Not the dude that RoboCop is fighting, but like the guy who works for the dude that RoboCop is fighting. You know, yeah. just like brings coffee. His accountant. Or, or yeah, his accountant, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Brings him a stack of papers from a dot matrix printer. Right, and, right. Yeah. yeah, but so at this point, they're like, they're leading us to believe that these two are going to do something that is crucial to the resolution of the episode. Yes. Like, like, and later when they're like, oh, there's a plot to destroy the Council of, of, Mo, of Majas. But they didn't have anything to do with that. It was just not related. Yes, correct. Um, so then we go back to the prison break, prison where, break where Neelix has the line, I'd rather go out fighting. No, you would not. <laughs> you would rather run away, you chicken It has shit. been canonically established that you are a coward, Neelix, and you would rather run away than fight. <laughs> but then there's a ball from somewhere thrown yes. by someone that helps them escape. I guess it's the rest of the Trabe. It's never clearly established. No. Because so, someone comes from outside to like bust them out, but they never show who it is. And I was expecting it to be like a reveal, like, ha ha ha, it's 
I don't know who what it would matter. be. It's not important to the story. <laughs> we rolled it. We rolled it. Really, they really should have had j- just Cass come in with mind bullets. Oh, I have a note about Cass before this episode's over. Just you wait. Um, Yay. Because she appears exactly once. Yeah. Um, so, so this whole Neelix prison break trade plot line, it feels held together by like bailing wire. So I like, I like introducing the trade as a race because it finally gives us some some context to the Kazon uh-huh. other than just we need a bandit race out there. Right. Um, it gives you some sense of why they are how they are. I, I don't know that this was... I'm not even saying this is the wrong episode to introduce them, but the way they introduce yeah. them here is just kind of like, it's we got we to gotta get the Trave on stage. I don't care. I don't care it's if the so lights odd. aren't down. We got to just walk them out on stage. And also, they're. I mean, ultimately throughout the rest of the episode, they prove why they're awful yeah. and stuff. But just like as a race, like the way they're presented is not particularly interesting or dynamic or no. anything. They're just kind of they're kind of milk toast. They got a bunch of ships. That's it. Yeah. So that which leads us to the next scene where they're like, "There's a ton of Kazon ships on the long range sensors," and they're like, "These." And then Neelix comes on or whoever is like, "These are these are Trabe ships." Ha ha ha. And I'm like, "Wait, so wait." Like this is where I was like, "Hold on." Like, I had to pause for a second. Did I miss something? So they they had like thirty prisoners, it seemed thirty to forty prisoners, maybe. I guess I'm supposed to assume that the rest of the tray broke them out from the prison, but now they apparently have like fifteen to thirty warships, a flotilla, if not a fleet. They call it an armada. An, it's armada. an armada. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm like. I feel like we left some stuff out. I also, did you guys get the sense, it was a little unclear to me, that Neelix had heard of the trade before, or yes. had he not? He had. He had. Okay, yes. I could. I didn't recall if he immediately was like, oh, you guys are trade, cool. They talk. He talks about, I think in a later scene, because oh, okay. uh, mm-hmm. they're talking about how the Kazon were a slave race and how, you know. just seems like he would have info-dumped that on Janeway at an earlier date. Yeah, uh, you would think that all their dealings with you the Kazon. You know, yeah. you know, hey, you know, Captain, let me tell you a little bit about the the why the Kazon are the way they are. I mean, See, they they have they have said that they were a slave race and that they overthrew the slavers. I guess um, they have established that before, okay. uh, but they have not given them an. I don't think they've given them a name. But if they did, it was a very in passing. Yeah, and then so then of course they invite the Trabe on the ship. Yeah, um, we not? get the we get the nice racial allegory dinner story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then basically he's, he keeps saying like the trade were scattered all throughout the quadrant. We're nomads, and but and he, then he's trying to make the whole point that like, well, everyone that oppressed the the Kazon is all almost all of them are dead. My children, the children, didn't have anything to do with this. All we want is peace. All we want is a home planet. Right. And I'm like, hmm. I'm yeah. like, yeah, that sounds right. I mean, uh, they do probably want that, but at the expense of right. the Kazon. They want peace on their terms. Yeah. Which is something you run across a lot in Star Trek. Yeah. The only way I can really get that peace is if all of you are dead. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then he talks about how, like, you know, the Kazon, they just have this unrelenting desire for revenge. I don't, it's so weird. I don't, I don't know understand. what the deal is. I just yeah. don't understand it. Like, we, you we know. We tried to be cool with them. Yeah. Why are they mad? Um, so then we get the quick scene of Smearm Jermajerm calling Seska. Smearm Jermajerm. He doesn't even get to call Seska. He calls like her assistant. Her yeah. PA. <laughs> He's like, hey, no, I know her for real. And the, But I notice he doesn't like say his name. Like tell her no. it's Bob 
you know, Bob Johnson, you know, or whatever. He's like, no, she knows me for real. I'm the one white dude. Tell her. Yeah. Tell her. I'm like, okay. And he's like, call back later. And also I'm like, just from like a screenwriting, what's the point of having this character call back later? <laughs> like, what does that do? Like, I, call back later. I, I don't know. Especially because by the end of the episode, this has nothing to do with. What I, like, I mean, the later scene is pointless. Well, later Seska has a scene. Paul is finally returned in the Voyager finale. I don't want to spoil anything for <laughs> okay, you. Okay. Okay. But <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, I was in just, the very last episode, that's a check episode. you can write only so many times. Five was, seasons from now, she's like, "Hey, sorry, been meaning to call you back. What? What things up? have been crazy? What's up? I mean, there's oh, a, you know, not much. What there's you, a conversation later between her and the Maj about. She's like, "No, I have a contact now. We can yes. use this. Don't be stupid for five seconds. Right? Um, she really backed the wrong horse. <laughs> um, okay, so then we get to the scene um, where. Okay, so there's the meta, there's the scene with the the sick bay where they're doing all the checkups and all the trade. Uh, but before that, there's a scene there's with a ready room scene, right? That's right, where they're talking about making an alliance with the trade. Yes, that's when that's when uh, Neelix t- tells. Talks yeah, about she kind of fills kind of fills Janeway in on who they yeah. are, how they're related to the Kazon, and how they were wealthy and manipulated information. So that's why no one had right. ever heard of the Kazon. Right, right, right. So then we go to the medical checkups where they're like, oh, yeah, most of these kids are fine. They're just malnourished. Uh, and then they, uh, she walks out and talks to the leader whose name I didn't write down and don't care. Um, he's like, I, she's like, how about we form an alliance? What Mate. do you think about that? And he's like, I like it, but we need a bold plan. <laughs> when he says that, I'm like, oh, God. Here we go. Here we go. Um, Here we go. Couldn't just be cool about it and be like, yeah, sure. We can hang sometime. Yeah. Uh, he says, we need to bring the factions together and broker a piece for the whole quadrant, which, of course, for Janeway, especially with the setup of that's the, the two magic boxing, word, yeah. man. That's the magic word. That's the magic word. Peace for everyone. Diplomacy. Sign me up. Right. So then we now we get the scene with Seska and the Maj. He's like, how could this have happened? And she's like, you moron. Of course it happened. Like, yep. And then she's this is where she established. She's told him that I'm carrying your child. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, which does put a little bit of a time limit on yeah. things. <laughs> she must be planning on enacting her grand plan sometime in the next... Before that baby is born and has what no Kazon features. gestation period is for Cardassians when I, carrying half-human babies, but... Uh, probably, you know. Pretty standard. Yeah. They're, they're sort of the reptilian... I mean, is she going to lay an egg? I don't know. <laughs> Wow, wait a second. I hope she does. This has just completely <laughs> derailed our conversation <laughs> because the Cardassians are the reptilian race mm-hmm. they always talk about. Yeah. Like, they had to stay in one They have like hot rocks and things they lay like on. that. Yeah. Hot rocks and things like that. So, is she going to birth Chakotay's baby out of an egg? God, I hope so. <sighs> I don't have somebody enough information. On Twitter, somewhat, somebody so, knows. Someone. Somebody has had a someone tell us, us the, the, where is the Cardassian birth information? Somewhere please? over over alcohol at the Trek track at Dragon Con, three to five nerds have sat down and had this conversation and yeah. figured out <laughs> if Cardassians lay eggs. <laughs> and only now does it matter. I need that info. It matters so much. I want to see graphs and pie charts. <laughs> So, so anyway, the Maj is being stupid, and she basically's like, "Look, you moron! Like, you can't be the only Maj that doesn't attend." Except when we get to it, 
There's only like four or five Majas. And we know from earlier episodes, there's like, what, 12, 13 clans? Something like that, yeah. So I guess, like like I said, I guess they're saying all the Majas that are in, in this. In the area. In the area at this. But like, they didn't say that. All the Majas who didn't have something else going on already. Right, right, right. right. I mean, it's sort of a short notice conference. Yeah, but she she manipulates him pretty good. Yeah, she definitely sense. does. Um. So anyway, so then we come to what feels very quick. Like, Neil is like, hey. There's this rumor, there's intel on the street that someone's trying to sabotage the conference. Yep. Like there's some sort of, like he's, they run across the top of it super fast. Yeah. Like Someone, something's uh, going to happen. There's like a mercenary or something. He was making a sketch of the conference site. Right, right. So something's up. Someone's yeah. going to try to do something. And she's like, well, we can't change because of a rumor, but we'll keep everyone with a constant transporter lock. Yeah, and Tuvok's like, whoever tries to leave first is is the is culprit. obviously the, the yeah. culprit, which proves to be true. Yep. Uh, then we get another sort of dippy scene between Neelix and his <laughs> contact. Like, I had a triangle table. Do you like the triangle table? He's like, No, for real. What's going on with this this conference? And he's I like, can't talk. I can't talk about it now. Yeah. Why? Why can't you talk about it now? Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's a it's a weird scene and so kind of pointless. Kind of pointless because he doesn't give you any more information other than. Neelix saying, oh, he doesn't, know, the, he doesn't know anything, but he's scared. It yeah. gives us the same information we just were given. Yeah. And it doesn't add anything? No. Yeah, I think they're trying to build dread or a sense of suspense or something like that. But it, it again, it doesn't do anything. It, it's more air coming out of the out yeah. of the balloon. Yeah. Um, so then the Maj parade comes in, which once again, props <laughs> to the costume department making those... Those Kazon designs better and better every right. time. They're trying. They're trying. But man, the the base code that they had to work with. They, is... None of them have almost none of them have goatees anymore. Yeah, you know I, lo- I love how they're being announced. Surat of Kazon Mostro. I was like, Amor of the Rohirrim. Gimli yeah. Gloin's son. Yeah, I was like, these names mean nothing. <laughs> they mean nothing. Um, so then we get some more misogyny from uh, Seska's Maj. About like, are we gonna listen to a woman and a trabe? Uh, but this is after <laughs> some pretty like, they they basically say, look, this is where this is my biggest beef with this scene, is like, they're like, hey, well, we should all work together because that'll obviously be better for all of us, and everyone just kind of goes, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, no one's ever proposed that before. Really? Like, this is your plan? Like, this is your like, this is a revolutionary idea here, Derek. No one has ever thought of that. Yeah, the, like Seriously. I just feel it's weird that Case there was nothing more dumb. concrete. Why don't yeah. we stop killing each other so and then just live? What, a, what yeah, a especially concept. from Janeway, it's like, well, if you all align, then you can trade with all the other races. You'll be able to get better deals. Maybe we can find you a home planet if that's what you want. You'll be able to repair your ships now because you'll be able. You'll be one big, yeah. So it's a culture instead of like. Like, I just thought of those now. <laughs> like, yeah. like it felt very weird. Like, well, if you just all work together, everything will be better. And they're like, yeah, yeah I guess we can, all, we can all admit that yeah. that's absolutely true. Well, I just feel like if, you know, we talked about some of the scenes that we felt like were a waste of time leading up to this point. Some of the Neelix stuff and, yeah. like, mm-hmm. why do we need that? If they had trimmed some of that away and maybe you have more time to build actual tension in these negotiations. Right. Because I love in a good negotiation scene much in the same way I love a good conference mm-hmm. staff conference team sure uh you know so i mean i i think that 
they short they're running up on the end of the episode obviously yeah. here at this point they still yes. have some important ground to cover and so i think they shortchanged themselves on this on this moment which ostensibly is what we were building to the entire time was the big all the yeah, yeah. showing up i'll give you that if they had given it more time they could have gotten sure. to the point where they actually convinced them all yeah and then train fucks it up and then he fucks it up he tries to kill right. them all yeah um that would have been really good oh yeah um but then of course we've we now we find out that Trey, the Trey, leader of the Trabe, Mabus, Mabus, Mabus Trabe, Mabus Beacon, Mabus, Mabus, Mabus. I think it's Mabus. He times it out weird because everything starts to shake and things like, are obviously going weird. We have to go. And then he's like, "Uh, join me in the other room, please, Jane Way." She's like, "What? The room is shaking. Would you please join me right now?" Perhaps you it's four like, have to pee. Yeah, the Majas are dumb, Perhaps but they're not that dumb. Perhaps we should go pee together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, like, so his plan is they fly a ship up and just blast the room. <laughs> yeah. And then, but Jane Way, just by telling everyone to get down. As far as I could tell, no one died. No one died. Yeah. So it's like the most ineffectual assassination yeah. plot. I, I don't know that we've ever referenced the Kelvin universe, the Abrams verse. I don't think so. On this yet. But I just want to state now and for the record. Maybe briefly. My belief that Star Trek Into Darkness, which I don't think any of us liked. No. That may be my favorite. this one. off. Oh, yeah. The they did the exact when they same scene. When Pike gets oh, killed or yeah. wounded and then dies later, oh. it looked almost, even some of the angles they use uh-huh. when uh, Khan 2.0, Benedict Cumberkhan, flies up there <laughs> and like just like parks some kind of a little assault shuttle yeah. right outside oh, of the window wow. and shoots up the room. It's much more effective in that movie yeah, they than kill it some is people. here. Yeah. Rather yeah, yeah, than yeah. them just all sort of like, take a step back or get behind a chair or something get, and everything is fine. Yeah. Also, I would. Th- it seems like it was at least a shuttle. Yeah. I would think like a shuttle, like phaser blasts into a closed space, would have killed at least a few of them. Also, what is it that scares this ship off? Because you see some little things go pew 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 and hit off the top of its shields, and then it flies away. Was that supposed to be Voyager firing from orbit? Voyager fired from orbit because that would have wiped out the whole block. I mean, it's fa- phaser beams. Well, they weren't, they weren't phaser beams. They were. Photon torpedoes. Photon tor- That's even worse. I know. Yeah. Yeah. But even like, even a phaser beam, like, it's established in Deep Space Nine that from space, yeah, a phaser beam looks like a skinny little thing, but if you fired at something on the ground, you could cut a city in half with yeah. it. You know, and, and they... It's the funny thing when it hits the atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, no, I agree. It's, so it's, I just it's, thought th- this effect was weird. Yeah, it was... It could have been cool, No, but I mean, they, to- they, yeah. to- they totally... Fu- I, they, it was Voyager firing from orbit. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Um, but photon torpedoes from <laughs> they they can control like the yield of it. Maybe like there's a lot of hand waving. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't worry about that. Don't think about that. I don't know. I mean, can you can you dial down the yield of a photon torpedo to where you could detonate it right outside the window and the people in there would be fine? I guess. I guess. I don't know. I don't want to nerd out about it and be like, well, the base yield is 6,000 kilojoules well, or something, but, you know, a, I could look that up. I guess they get absorbed by the shield of the craft. Is yeah. sort of what happens. Maybe. Yeah, it's 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 weird. It's blocked weird. Yeah, it's blocked weird. That's a good but, way to put it. It's, like, it's just like, community theater stuff. It's weird blocking. It's right? like, I don't understand how it would, like, so, so literally, they're all sitting at the table. They all die. They move 
four inches and duck, yeah, they're fine. Like it's shooting, that's, it's shooting through a window, Derek. Oh well, yeah, because the building's made of dispersing made window. of unobtainium that cannot yeah. be. <laughs> I think it's made of clay. It looks like a clay building. Yeah, it just didn't. Um, they, okay, so anyway, we'll, I mean, I agree. The photon thing is weird because even if it did hit the shield, wouldn't there be some sort of like shock wave that would probably just blow up the damn? Oh building yeah, that would have been anyway. amazing yeah. if like the 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 initial <laughs> attack messed up, but then they shot at the shuttle and that <laughs> and that, 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 yeah, that, that would be hilarious. because that would explain why then the Kazon are like they're like well now the Kazon are furious with you Janeway whereas in this situation they could have clearly seen she attempted to avert the yeah assassination she's right. the one that told them like hey get down or get the hell out of the way she warned them about it but they're still yeah. mad at her when it's over <laughs> for what for like even just being there or for being friends with the trade I guess but I don't know. There's just I like weird blocking is the way to put it. Like this, this could have been cool. This could have made. It could sense. have made sense, Absolutely. but it looked like they just sketched it out and blocked the whole thing in five minutes. Yeah, it didn't did not land. Um, the the next scene where they they tell they transport back to I've noticed I've started sw- subbing teleport for transport a lot of times yeah. for the transporter, and I'm always like teleport's wrong. I'm like. No, I mean, it's physically Basically, what they're doing. What they're doing. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Transporter. Beam. Uh, so anyway, so but once they get back, she just lays into the leader of the Trabe, and he's like, I just wanted peace. She's like, peace? A massacre? Yeah. Uh, and she's basically like, get the hell off my ship. And he's like, I did this for you. I did this for us. <laughs> Can't you it, understand? They're animals. They'll never learn, you know. Kind doesn't of thing. Like, like push him onto the transport. Yeah, he bed. like bodily puts him on, like, you're getting the hell off the ship now. And yeah, she, she gives like a super cold energize. Yeah, like, she's like, we don't nice. make deals with executioners. Yeah. Energize. Which he didn't actually execute anybody, but. We don't make deals with attempted. People execute uh, people who attempt things. <laughs> so uh, how dare you try? So so that they get him off the ship and they're yeah. gone and their armada leaves, I guess. And then we get the final staff meeting. It's my favorite scene in the episode. Yes, where um, Janeway is talking about how they're it's more vulnerable the than ever. Scene. What are we gonna do? <laughs> but I stopped listening to Janeway for a hot second because Kess apparently has got new rogue gear. Oh, yeah. Like, she's got, like, dark leathers. Yeah. Like, it was a totally new outfit that was, like, she's been out robbing some tombs. Gives her a plus two to stealth rolls. Must, at the very That's why we don't ever see her in the episodes until she pops up to say something. It's like, duh, where the hell were you? I broke stealth. The master of the shadows. (laughs) No, I like this scene because, uh, you know, she basically gets to finally be like, well, 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 idiots. You all thought this was a good idea. I said we should just stick to our Starfleet values, and turns out I was right. Basically. That's what she says. Oh, no. No, That that is is what she says. That is totally what she says. She says, things are crazy out here, but... It's a great I told you so moment for her. Oh, it is. Our our best ally is our Starfleet principles. Everybody in here in this episode is so dumb except for her. It's frustrating how stupid this whole idea is from the outset. And now I'm dogging on the episode, which I'm not supposed to do. And actually, there were things I liked about the episode. And I like... But part of that, I think, stems from knowing the phase of the Voyager series that this episode transitions us into. Sure. Mm-hmm. There are this, these threats, these dangers are handled in much more <laughs> consistent ways down the road. Right, exactly. You know, uh, the, yeah. so, it, but I, I like the fact that, I don't know, of course I like Janeway a lot, right? But I mean, I like that she gets to, uh, to come in here and just kind of dunk on everyone. So yeah, see, we should have just stuck with Starfleet. None of this trying to make friends with people who know want to kill us. People who are irrational, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I like. It's hard for me to say this because I love Janeway too. 
But I did not like this last scene or this last speech. I didn't like it. Not because either. of it was badly performed or yeah, anything like that. It was preachy. But like, it, it was preachy, but that's fine. I loved when Janeway yeah. preaches. But like, it didn't, because her the premise of the episode is that like, okay, there's two ways to deal with things, right? Yeah. There's the Starfleet way, and then there's this like, where we in any way step away from the protocol. Um, and obviously, making a deal with the Kazons was always a bad idea. And if that's all that ever happened in the episode was trying to make a deal with the Kazon and it went south. But the thing is, her making the alliance with the Trabe... She's the one that jumped at that. Like, that was her idea. Yeah. Like, like no one else suggested that. She could have owned that a little bit, I guess. Yeah, but, and, and she but even... But that stemmed from getting trying to get involved with the Kazon to begin with. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It, like, it makes sense for the character. Yeah. But I'm just saying for, like, the episode as a whole, like, it was like, we were going to make a deal with these people. They're obviously bad. Now, these people seem nice, and she even has the line about, like, people can change, people can learn and grow. These seem like worthwhile allies. But that basically led her back all the way to, we should ally with no one that we don't a thousand percent trust. Yeah. And then she dunks on everybody. And I'm like, but... but You were in this episode, too. Well, well th- uh, that's part of it. But yeah. also just, like, the, the, as a script. Yeah. Like, by making it a second tier decision like it wasn't like okay we're gonna do we're gonna ally with the Kazon like for example if the trade had not been involved it had just been two as it was kind of set up like two Kazon clans we allied with one and then we're gonna meet with all of them to broker this piece this is great but then like if it was Seska and the and the, the Maj they allied with them and then we're gonna ally with all the rest of them and then it was just another Kazon that blew up the conference and killed a bunch of people like, then it would totally be like, I told you, I should have listened to my gut, should have listened to protocol. Then it would have all fit. But by adding in this this secondary decision, the secondary element, yeah. like, it really was like, I don't, like, but it's not as clean. It doesn't make, it's not as clear as this last speech is trying to make it seem. Yeah. That's probably fair. I mean, I, I think I, I think you could read her willingness to ally with the Trabe as her trying to salvage something good out of a bad decision that her crew is essentially forcing her to make, mm-hmm. including her first officer. I mean, at some point, you have to wonder if she thought she'd have a mutiny on her hands if she just completely held fast to... It's almost like, I have to let you idiots try this. And then she tries, She meets a race that's more sort of in keeping, or appears to be more like a like a federation-type race. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and they're they they're leading with diplomacy. They like art. That's what I like. They I like art they and like stuff art. like that. Yeah, yeah, art and trade. Oh, yeah, that. they even threw that in, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree it's not that clean. I still love it because, like, well, I just like for Janeway to get to dunk on people. And sure, I, I think, but, <laughs> dip- I mean, the diplomacy route is a very Starfleet thing anyway. So it's not right. like they're completely anti-Starfleet in doing any of this. Who said they were? Well, she kind of dunks on. Well, but, that, but what they were doing, what she's saying, Derek's right. What she's saying is you can't trust anybody. Forget it. We're Federation. We're, we're being Federation moving sure. forward. We're not going to try to water down on our approach for, on anybody else's behalf, especially not the Kazon yeah. or the Kazon by way of the Trabe, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, what she's saying is... I mean, it's very much a, a lay down dogs, get up with fleas sort of thing. Yeah, we can't still, do that. She's still coming back. I, I agree that it's messy, but she's still coming back around and saying, you know what? Actually, I was right from the outset. We should just continue to be the one Federation ship in this quadrant and and not make concessions to people that we don't know or don't trust. Sure. Yeah. I mean, th- that aside, though, I think the the my biggest problem with this episode is that the first like third, basically up to that first cantina scene, 
is all about her and Chakotay. Yeah. And like, all, and her and the crew and all these interpersonal differences of opinion yeah. about how they should survive, about how they can, and it's super tense. Yeah. And then like the air slowly gets let out as mm-hmm. more and more complications get introduced. Yeah. I think with, once they introduce Seska for me is when it starts. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I mean, I don't mind Seska as much. But the, the Seska plus the Trabe yeah. plus this weird rate, the, the, the racial allegory dinner story. But all of that aside, like as messy as it got, it got them to where they wanted to be. But my problem that I think is that it never came back to close it off with her. There was never a dialogue between Chakotay and her or someone on the crew and Mm -hmm. her saying, you know what, Captain, you were right. You know, it was just her sort of by fiat saying, well, listen, you morons. I was right all along. Um, And again, I think it's almost like they kind of ran out of time. Yeah. Similar to the, to the it's way, what it feels like to the way the the gathering of the Majas was handled, the the assassination attempt with the little shuttlecraft outside. It all felt like, oh God, we've only got five minutes left. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like the aftermath of that shooting would have been interesting to see a little more. Of. A lot of interesting stuff happens in the last four minutes of this episode. Yeah. I wish it had been unpacked out over the final 15 to 20 minutes of this episode. Sure, you know? I'll give you that. Yeah, well, uh, well let's, let's go ahead and go to final thoughts because we're already we're basically kind of doing that. Yeah. Final thoughts? Final thoughts. Um, I'll agree with Josh. There are, there are parts of the episode I do like. Um, I do like the beginning uh, as far as seeing the Federation Maquis sort of conflict come back up. Um, but I do... As as it sort of goes on, it it does it did sort of get messier and messier for me, and I I think because of that, I don't like it as much as I I would had it been a better episode. <laughs> yeah, I like this episode uh, because of where I know it's taking us, mm, sure. and my advanced knowledge here uh, is influencing that to some degree. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know that we're now getting into the section of the show that really just I'm not spoiling anything specifically because this is kind of a recurring thing moving forward for the rest mm. of the series. It's this tension between is this a mission of survival or is it still a mission of exploration? Right. You know, the the tension between the members of the crew mm-hmm. who want to just survive and then Janeway trying to hold everybody together as a federation, sure. as, a, as a Starfleet ship gets much more taut over mm-hmm. time to to very interesting effect and you know to the to the benefit of a lot of good stories moving forward so i greet this episode with some sense of relief that the writers have finally figured out that that's what's interesting about this show mm-hmm. yeah. and that i know we're going to get more of that moving forward that being said you know the, the last half ish of the episode is i won't say the whole last half is a mess i'll say the last third is a mess and the last half is just sort of like you said, that halfway point is where it starts to lose steam, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like, oh no, we should be sprinting towards the end, but we're not. We're we're sort of stumbling, yeah. Um, until we get to the final three minutes, and they try to do everything at once, right? Um, so I, I wouldn't say it's a complete disaster of an episode. It's not as good as I think, or as compelling as it could have been, certainly. But I'm still happy as a viewer having seen this all before, knowing the era of Voyager's journey that this is carrying us into. Sure. Oh yeah, uh, no, no, I'm right there with you. Like, it feels like a clear mission statement for yeah. the show. Like, we're getting into these themes. We're going to deal with a lot of this stuff. We've put a lot of thought into it. Right. 
and uh, like as a, as a as a harbinger for things to come for the show, it's definitely very exciting and yeah. cool. Like I'm like, yes, this is what you do best, right? Um, but for me, like as an episode, like because I love episodes that have a clear argument that they're presenting. And this one, like the argument was so clear for the first 15 minutes that I ultimately was just disappointed that it was that the action, the events of the rest of the episode muddied the waters of Mm -hmm. that argument pretty distinctly. Right. And we didn't get a final, there was no final real conclusion of the argument. It just skipped to, well, here's the answer because we're out of time. Uh, so that just kind of that kind of bugged me. Mm-hmm. So like I said, I think there was a lot of things in the episode that were good and that I really enjoyed. I even en- even the scenes that let the air out, like the cantina scene, for example. Other than the the gratuitous dancer <laughs> boob shot. Um, <laughs> okay, UPN, you you do you, UPN. Like, all right, that's a fun scene. Right. Like I like the scene. I like Neelix in it. I like him being the shyster sort of contact spy. Yeah, I like sort how of character. Um, but for me, it, this is this is one of those episodes for me that like it's it's sort of right in the middle because it's got really good, it's got a really strong start, and then it slowly sort of fades out to sort of an unsatisfying ending. So it kind of puts it right in the middle for me. But I, I honestly think I'm gonna have to push it push it to garbage because I because like I said, it just it, it disappointed me. Like the first three scenes were like, oh yes, like yeah. Chakotay and Janeway locking horns, and both of them are not wrong. Like both of them have right. clear values and arguments and then like it seemed like it seemed to me just so simple to not muddy the waters as they went um that i was i was like i I was disappointed that we didn't get like chakotay functionally disappears from the episode about halfway through hugely important at the beginning yeah yeah this is one of those where it's too bad that uh you know that we've confined ourselves to this binary Mm -hmm. because Garbage feels strong. But it maybe does. like light clutter. You know, like this is litter. A, just this is litter. Gar- I wouldn't say it belongs in a landfill. This like is this your is recyclables. the kind of thing I could police up in fifteen or twenty minutes, and right. you know, you shove the rest of it into the closet and make the room yeah. look fairly neat. But yeah, I can understand. Like ultimately, it, it it doesn't just not stick the landing. It really stumbles through the last fifteen or twenty minutes. So, sure. mm-hmm. um, yeah, and like I, th- I do think the binary is something we always kind of bristle up against when it's a show like episode like this that is has close. a lot of good stuff and is important yeah. for the show as mm. a whole yeah. but i always feel like well if you don't like the binary we do have like an hour of us just kind of talking about everything that's exactly right that you yeah. can soak right. in as long as you as long want. as you want to yeah <laughs> we just did the binary though what if we've just uh well what'd you think boys good garbage all right good bat, bat, yep. bat. <laughs> five minute episodes Those would be easier to produce. They would be. Let's give it some thought. (laughs) The good citizens of the jury have reviewed the evidence. Gentlemen, your closing arguments. Your Honor, alliances is... Our our garbage is is garbage. (laughs) There's no point to it. Beginning or end of the episode, it doesn't matter. Voyager and her crew are still in the same Delta Quadrant shit sandwich they've been in the whole time. Nothing has changed. Oh, we got to see Seska, Space Fresca, for a hot minute. But all that crazy Chakotay baby mama drama is confined to a line given in passing about her pretending that the baby belongs to Maj Kala. Give me the good stuff, Voyager. Give me that episode of Mari Povich in space that we're all yearning for. Thank you. Commander Spurlock. 
Your Honor, even if you're not into the intra-quadrant space politics of this episode, even if you can't stand the sight of that many Kazon hairpieces in one room, you have to respect this episode for the big fat I told you so that Janeway gets to drop on all those rubes in the last scene. I honestly don't know how the idiots on this crew tie their standard-issue Starfleet slip-ons in the morning without Janeway there to tell them how. Thank you, episode, for teaching us all the futility of ever bothering Janeway with our dumb ideas. Ultimately, the fate of this voyage is up to you good beings on the jury, but it is my august responsibility to make judgment based on the evidence and argument placed before the court today. After reviewing it all, I hereby decree that Case 214, Alliances, is garbage. These verdicts cannot be appealed. They are final and irrevocable within this quadrant, space-time continuum, and county. Court adjourned. The People vs. Star Trek Voyager is recorded in front of no one. Space Judge Midnightian Later is played by Derek Adams. The prosecution, Ultra Magnus Secretario GT Supersport Deluxe to the Rear Admiral John Hugh Continuum Esquire is played by Jonathan Sparks. The defense, Commander Matthias Zap Spurlock is played by Josh Darnell. All episodes of Star Trek Voyager are presumed good until proven garbage. Radio presentation. For more excruciating action, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you seek podcast content. 